Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett and David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. David Johnson at Rebels 247. It's Monday morning. Don't miss us 3 and 1. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. We both work for the Ole Miss Spirit. OleMissSpirit.com and a field of 247 Sports. Hey, David. Good morning. And what a Monday it is, huh? It's Arkansas week. But before we move on to Arkansas, Look, what happened over in Tuscaloosa on Saturday sucked. All right, we all can agree on that. You know, at this point, what the Rebels can't do is let Alabama beat them more than once. Um, you've got to shake it because you don't have any other choice. I mean, you've got Arkansas coming up. You've got a Tennessee coming up now that looks like they could score a lot of points. You've got Auburn coming up that just knocked off LSU. Then you've got LSU coming up, and that's generally always a battle. So, um, you know, whatever happened over in Tuscaloosa on Saturday, we need to be done with it. Um, They need to be done with it more so than anything. Um, And that's how I'll open it up this Monday morning. That's that's my thoughts. Those are my opinions. Outside of talking to me, how are you spending your Monday morning? Well, we've got uh, Lane this morning at the Manning Center and uh, we'll have a couple of players, whoever sports information decides to give us this morning probably won't be Matt Corral since we got uh, to talk to Matt Corral after the game on Saturday so um, you know, it's dealer's choice, we'll see what happens there but yes, we will get Lane Kiffin and uh, we will turn the page full throttle towards the Arkansas Razorbacks, who had an equal, equally unpleasant day Saturday in Athens, losing 37 to nothing to the nation's number two ranked team. 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, people in the media love that. I do. Uh, that means uh, by the time the sun sets, all my work's done for the day, and I can settle in and, and watch uh, some West Coast football. On, on some very strange streaming options, sometimes in Spanish with captions. 
Are you doing this podcast on your back porch again? I hear the birds. I'm actually on the front porch today to hear um, the birds chirping. Yeah, I like hearing the birds chirping. Yeah, it's Some peaceful. Stray cat that's walked up. Oh well, that's not peaceful. That's yeah, not peaceful well. at all. Have your thoughts not about all. Ole Miss really changed all that much after Saturday? Yeah, yeah, because um, Saturday was an eye opener for me. I really thought they were going to go into Tuscaloosa with a chance to win that game. Um, you know, what surprised me more than anything is what we saw on the offensive side of the football. They were out of rhythm. Things weren't working. Um, and they were slowed down to a crawl. Um, they struggled mightily in the trenches. Um, and um, I didn't think that would happen. I picked, uh, just like all of us picked a high-scoring game, with Ole Miss coming out on top. I picked 48-45. I think I pretty much had what the defense was going to do pegged. Um, Bama was going to score Bama-like points. But, I, I, you know, I, the last time I'd seen this Ole Miss offense, they were literally killing Tulane with everything they did. You know, I think maybe um, – Maybe that game kind of kind of was a little bit of fool's gold because everything was working against Tulane. So you expected a, a lot of that stuff to work against Alabama. Not all of it, but a lot of it. So, yeah, you know, I, I was really thinking, you know, behind my red and blue tinted glasses that this could be a team that could beat the Alabamas and the Georgias and do something incredible. And they might still can if they went out the rest of the way and their only loss is on the road at Alabama. And to be honest with you, that 42-21 score looks better than it actually was. And it'll look better by the end of the year. So I think really all goals, I mean, let's, let's be honest, you're probably not going to the SEC title game because, you know, realistically, Bama has the head-to-head over you. So you need them to lose twice unless there's some kind of weird, funky tiebreaker with three teams with one loss. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Um, You know, but other than that, I think all goals are still in front of this team. We said that was going to happen, win or loss, all goals are still going to be the same. Here's yeah. the question, though. Yeah. Offensively, that was the surprise that Ole Miss was just not efficient. It all started with not converting that third, fourth down on their first drive. Had they scored a touchdown, I would have loved to see how the game played out. I don't necessarily think Ole Miss would have won or anything, but for me it was less about Ole Miss being head and shoulders worse than Alabama, just a completely inferior team, than a game script gone bad. I don't want to recap the game again because that's what we did in the postgame show, but I don't feel all that different. But here's the question. If you're one of those people that look down the schedule and see Arkansas and Auburn LSU now as kind of the level playing field with Ole Miss, having lost Alabama like they did, those Arkansas and Auburn and LSUs, now Bama does have to go through those teams. I don't think they're losing two games either. They're not going to. Is your opinion now different about the SEC having watched this weekend, or is it just about Ole Miss and that Alabama's better than everyone? I'm trying to get the full picture here about just what you think in general yeah. of the SEC West. Yeah, I'm intrigued with Georgia. Um, you know, still, uh, still right now, I mean, 
I'd put the pecking order, honestly, as Alabama, Georgia, and then Ole Miss. I mean, that's still yeah, so kind changed. of the way I see it. Yeah. That's yeah, it changed. really hasn't changed much. Now, you know, I'm not downplaying this Arkansas game Saturday. Oh, my God. That's, uh, that's big. And it's going to be a big challenge. And they're going to be angry. Ole Miss should be angry. Uh, this is this is a big game. It's going to be a fantastic game, I think. Um, but all goals are still in front of this team. Even Matt Corral winning the Heisman Trophy, that's still intact. He played a great game. I don't care what anybody played says. A good game. You, you take away from everybody else. Matt Corral did what he was supposed to do. He didn't have a lot of help. That, well, that f- he, he he lost a fumble. He did lose a fumble. Yeah. He did lose a fumble. But uh, that had more to do with the offensive line. It, it had a really tough day. Saturday was a tough day for the offensive it, line. It did have a tough day. And, you know, here's the thing about the offensive line. You know, it should be criticized as a unit, and it deserves that criticism. But the thing we don't know when you watch this is, is the let's just say, for instance, the right guard may look like he whiffed on a play, like he olayed a guy. But it might have been because the center did something he wasn't supposed to do and didn't fill a gap he wasn't supposed to fill. And you don't know that. You just don't know that. Now, you do know that you look out there one time and they're in shotgun formation on like a fourth and one, and they're, they're freaking zone blocking up front, which is kind of crazy. Um, but, um, but, you know, as far as going, okay, these five guys, this guy was terrible, this guy was awful – I'm sorry, you you just can't pick that up. You don't know everything that's going on up there, whether there's communication issues. And, um, you know, a lot of times there are, particularly in an environment like that. So, uh, you know, there could be a lot of other reasons the offensive line performed poorly uh, other than they just sucked. And, uh, you know, that's that's all I'm saying about that. Definitely a poor performance. Yeah, yeah. I think Orlando Umana really struggled out of the gate. Yeah. I'm not trying to pick on one guy. It's just, it's kind of been kind of been like that adjustment for him. I'm not trying to pick on one dude here. Well, well, and he's the communication chief up front. Yeah. And, um, and you know, no, I think you're, you're, that's a fair assessment. I think he's struggled in a couple of games this year and, um, love the player, but it's just, you can tell he's still kind of getting his feet under him and against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. That's hard to do. Well, the PAC 12 is not the SEC. And, you know, there's a period of adjustment for everybody when they see this kind of speed up front. Well, nothing's really changed in my mind. Ole Miss can still beat every other team on a the schedule. they got Arkansas this weekend at 11 a.m. And you also mentioned this, too. You said, like, the media loves the 11 a.m. games, and that's true. And I don't think fans do because oh, yeah. you don't get the same kind of experience. But you talked about this last week on the podcast. It seems like now all the big games are being played earlier in the day because that's when the ratings are. It's no longer late on Saturday mm-hmm. night, so – Fans are probably gonna have to get used to this too, because the good games are at eleven a.m. and two thirty. Yeah, and and you know, it, it, for us, when a game ends, really, uh, it's just starting for us. I mean, we're talking, you know, we're working three or four hours after that game. Yeah, no one cares well, about that though. <laughs> yeah, but if it's a seven o'clock kickoff or an eight forty-five kickoff like Tulane, and you're not leaving the the interview room to one a.m. in the morning. It makes for a long, long day, night, whatever you want to call it. So uh, that's why the media gets giddy when they see an 11 a.m. kickoff. You get up, you eat a sausage and biscuit, and off you go, man. And it's it's game time. 
and by by dark, you're a free man. Yeah, no one cares about that. Uh, the point I was making is that um, oh, fans are no fans are going to have to get that. used to that because, like you said, that's where the ratings have become greatest is in the mornings and the afternoon. We've seen it like a shift in that way. And that's why you're now seeing the networks put these games at 11 a.m. and 2.30. Ole Miss and Arkansas, 11 a.m. And then Alabama and Texas A&M. Is that the one at 2.30? Is that right? No, that's the night game. Oh, okay. And then Saturday night, it'll be uh, Georgia-Auburn at 2.30. Oh, that's um, right. Okay, Georgia-Auburn. But, um, yeah, and Bama, Texas A&M, they picked that for a nighttime primetime slot. Because A&M lost a state. Boy, oh, boy. Is Ross Bjork getting his money's worth with Jimbo Fisher out there at Texas A&M? My goodness. Oh. See, that's why like, I, I haven't really changed my mind after Alabama. Watching Texas A&M, they don't impress me at all. LSU has got a lot of offensive talent. They don't scare me, man. Auburn looks pretty no, they're good. They're liking something. Yeah, they're liking something. I think it's called the Ed Orgeron effect. And then... Mm. Arkansas, this is the biggest challenge left. So if Ole Miss plays up to its Ole Miss potential and closer to the team that was so good in the first three weeks, the game script just doesn't go negative on them early. Now, the blueprint is out there for those teams on how to slow Ole Miss down, but you got to have a special collection of talent. No other team in college football has a talent of, of Alabama to be able to match up. And that was something you were concerned about going into the game anyway, that on the back end they'd play man and then – um, basically force Ole Miss in the box, and their running game, it all starts there. Crowd the box, can't run. Magic enough to pass against man-to-man, one-on-one, being able to win, and Ole Miss wasn't able to win. And not having Jonathan Mingo is a big deal. And Anyway, I guess I'm rambling here to say, nothing in my mind's really changed. Well, Ben, you know, you could be a Georgia Southern fan right now. So I'm glad you're not. They just fired their head coach, obviously, in the middle of the season. But do you know what the catalyst was for them firing their head coach? No. Okay. So they eat their pregame meal somewhere across campus, all right? Okay. And at Georgia Southern, instead of these big uh, luxury coach buses that we see Ole Miss pull up into the Grove all the time and things like that, um, they use yellow dog school buses. And they put their team on the on the yellow school buses wherever they're eating their pregame meal, and they bust them to the stadium. Okay. And as the bus is taking its route, uh, the, the, the road is lined with fans on each side. And here come the Georgia Southern Eagles, and they're waving out the school bus window to all the fans. Well, one Georgia Southern Eagle uh, notices there's an escape hatch in the roof of the school bus, like there are with all school buses. Oh, is this the picture of the dude grabbing a beer and drinking? Yeah, 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 yeah. How about that? So he goes through the escape hatch. As the bus is rolling down the road (laughs) and is basically surfing on top of the school bus, one of the fans chunks him a beer in which he pops the top and chugs it to everyone's amusement and cheers um, an hour and a half before they kick off. And uh, it was too much for the administration to handle. So they opted for the coaching change, suspended the player. Uh, but look, man, I mean, I've got mixed emotions about this, okay? College those kid acts kids, like college kid. Who cares, man? Yeah, and I mean, those kids are in a total psych mode at that time right before kickoff, okay? They are in animal mode. They have been trained and conditioned 
to be an animal mother. That's not the first time that kid has played football with a beer or two or three or six or ten in him. No. And look, I mean, I get it. It's bad optics for the stuffy administration. And and, And you know what? The kid just drank a beer right before the game. He doesn't play that game. That's the suits. Holding us all yeah, down, man. The man holding us down. Yeah, it's the suit. I, mean, I mean, honestly, if fans knew how much caffeine some of these kids take before a game, they would freak out as well. Um, I mean, caffeine overload out there. But you know what? I mean, they're in hand-to-hand combat for the next three hours. Um, Let the kid know, have maybe, a beer. How old was he? Yeah, maybe not drink the beer, but... You know, I mean, what what a little bit of an overreaction there from the brass at Georgia Southern. How about you um, get them some nicer buses, you jerks? Yeah, but bus surfing, chugging a beer, pregame, <laughs> I think get it's your great. head coach fired. Well, so that's yeah, a little bit of a lighter note on a Monday. You know, that video is online uh, if you want to watch it. it I did not connect the dots to him getting fired yeah. and that being a part of it. I just saw the surfing on the bus and thought, that's awesome. Yeah, well, you know how the suits are. Of course, they didn't say, we've got a fire coach so-and-so because so-and-so drank a beer on top of the bus. Losers. It was just the, it was the, it's time for mutual parting. Uh, there, we see a need for a change. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, if he don't win an ESPY for that, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, I'm going to be disappointed too. Suits always holding oh. down little brother, man. All right, let's get to the lead. Brought to you by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. Well, when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call. 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. 
They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Our lead story tonight, The Lead. You idiot, it's The Lead. The Lead. So I was looking at the line for Ole Miss, Arkansas. According to Caesars Sportsbook, Ole Miss is a four-and-a-half point favorite. Now it varies depending on your sportsbook here, but four-and-a-half points mm-hmm. given to Ole Miss. Noon kickoff on ESPN according to Eastern Dime. It's 11 a.m. here. So what do you think now? Ole Miss drops in the polls to number 17 in both the coaches and the AP poll. Not much of a drop. We expected them to drop. Obviously, they lost. But to not drop very far, maybe the coaches and even the AP voters giving Ole Miss a little bit more credit. Just a bad day. Overall, the line and where Ole Miss is in the standings, what do you think? Yeah, I think the line is is, is pretty close to being dead on. Um, I really do. I mean, you, you know, those guys are so good at what they do. All right. So you go back to the Alabama game and, and the first line that popped out was from DraftKings and Alabama was a 20 point favorite. Then the money started coming in on Ole Miss and the, and the line decreased, but Alabama won that game by 21 points. The opening line was 20 points, um, three and a half points. I think is about right for Ole Miss, Arkansas, four and a half points. I'm sorry. And, um, uh, you know, the old adage is home field advantage is worth three. So almost a pick them uh, in most people's eyes. Uh, they think it's going to be a very, very close game. Um, honestly, I've been so frazzled with the Alabama game. I haven't started calculating it in my mind. But uh, nine out of ten times, Vegas is going to be right. Vegas always knows. Always. Always. Um you know, and and you know the line's going to move according to where the money comes in. But with this line like this, I think uh, you're not going to see a major uh, you know shift in where the money's coming in. I think it's going to pretty much hold steady the rest of the week, unless there's you know some kind of major injury news that we're not expecting out of either one of those uh, programs. So I think it's about right. I think it's going to be a heck of a football game. Arkansas's got a really good defense. And to be honest with you, I think the Hogs match up well with the Ole Miss offense uh, from a from a player to player standpoint. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. A lot of it is probably going to depend on how the Ole Miss defense performs against uh, a native son, if you will, KJ Jefferson from right up the road in Sardis, Mississippi. Played his high school ball at North Panola High, and um, you know. I know KJ. I don't think he's the kind of guy that holds grudges. But if he were, he could definitely have one against this Ole Miss program. Not of Ole Miss's fault, but KJ did everything he could possibly do to uh, to get a scholarship from Ole Miss early on in his recruitment. I mean, I remember he camped with Matt Luke and Phil Longo for three straight days: uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Every day, I'd get out to the Manning Center. KJ Jefferson was in there throwing passes. Phil Longo standing there right next to him. Um, but you know, by the time Ole Miss offered him, um, 
he was well committed to Arkansas and that's where he was going to go to school. So it was too late. Um, but, uh, and I really think, uh, Ole Miss kind of begrudgingly offered him because Matt Luke finally made Phil Longo to offer him. I don't think Longo wanted him and, uh, you know, Matt Corral comes in. So, uh, no, no skin off Ole Miss there, but just saying that there's a little history there with KJ Jefferson and Ole Miss. Here's my deal. Looking at the game after Alabama, you would think defensively that they took a step back, but a couple of those touchdown drives, I think three of them were short fields for Ole Miss defensively against Alabama, which not a great winning formula. A lot's been made of the fourth down decisions by Lane Kiffin, but analytically, I was reading this on Twitter from our own Bud Elliott for 247 Sports, and he broke it down. And here's the tweet. Clear choices, all of them, and Lane Kiffin played to win correctly each time. Playing fourth downs correctly, as Kiffin did, increases your chance of pulling the big upset, even though I didn't feel like it would be an upset. But it would have been an upset as Vegas put the line at 14.5. But it also increases the chance of getting blown out. But you play to win, not to lose respectably. He did. And then, then he put four different graphics of each situation. And on each one of them, the math tells you you go for it. The correct choice is to go for it. So there's been a lot made of that. But I look at that in terms of the defense and giving up the points, and they were put in bad situations. And that happens if you don't make it. According to the math, they were the correct decisions, especially if you're trying to win that game. However, if it goes the other way, defensively you're kind of screwed. And that's why when people ask me why all of a sudden I'm still – am I being a homer or are you kind of being clouded in your judgment saying that your opinions haven't changed about Ole Miss after Alabama. It has to do with this because that's what I mean when I say a game script gone poorly. Defensively, I didn't think they were that bad. I really didn't. I thought they actually held up pretty well. Well, do, do you think it has to be one or the other? Do you think if, if you're going to use those hmm. analytics and you're going to uh, do it you know, all the time that you resign from vibe of the game, feeling of the game, uh, that's a good you know, question. Who your opponent is and things like that. That's a good question. That's a really good question. Because I mean, there there can be an argument made that way. I'm not making either argument, um, but you know, fourth and one at your own 27 against Alabama at Alabama on yeah. the road. Yeah, I get that. Uh, eyeballing that game. Yeah, eyeball it. Yeah. If you're going to be stubborn to the math, you know, or if there is a happy medium between analytics and always going with the analytics and the math and the percentages, but also yeah, and a he's field broken game. from analytics before, before he's admitted right. that. Yes. Yeah. You know, so it's not something that is, is he's locked into. 100%. But you could tell he really, he really not. wanted that. The Bama respect week stuff stopped on Saturday with the popcorn, the throwing of the mic, all that stuff stopped. It stopped. And he leaned into what's given him success ever since he left Alabama. And he was doing this at Alabama. He was going forward on fourth down at Alabama, but Nick Saban had the final call there, and there was a feel to that as well. So going to FAU, it was all about the math, and he said this in his opening press conference when he's hired at Ole Miss that he's going to go forward on fourth down if the analytics, if the math tells him to, and there are going to be times when he's criticized for it. Well, Alabama was the first time we really saw that prophetic belief come to fruition because a lot of Ole Miss fans were upset. And I get that. I do get that in your own territory because if it goes wrong, if the math falls on the negative percentage side, then 
you're going to get bit, and that's what happened. Defensively, when I look at how Ole Miss matches up against K.J. Jefferson in that Arkansas offense, I was already concerned. You and I were both concerned. We talked about this off the air, about how Ole Miss would hold up against a team, plus-plus team, as far as running the ball and be able to stop them. In Alabama, they just completely focused on a power running game. Ole Miss just couldn't stop them. It's a defensive front. was no match for Alabama offensively, especially its offensive line. But I still think Ole Miss did pretty well. This is not the same Ole Miss defense of old. Are there still problems? Yes, but this Ole Miss defense can give its offense more than enough opportunities. The problem was the offense and the offense skidding to a halt, which we had not seen even remotely in the first three games. Because if you look at all the other numbers outside of the analytics, number one, almost was seventh in the country in defensive efficiency. They were 12th in offensive efficiency. Number one in yards. Predicting a game on a surface level, anyone, if it had not been Ole Miss, it had been Oklahoma or LSU with those same numbers, they would have said, oh, this is the game of the week, and Ole Miss has a great chance, or Oklahoma, LSU has a great chance of beating Alabama and all these kind of things, the game script went poorly. So when I look at Arkansas, well, I'm not as cons- I still don't think all of a sudden that, oh, no, we're back to where it was defensively. That's just not how I feel about it. No, but one thing I'll say, uh, you know, with this defensive performance Saturday, and, you know, it came out of the wash looking pretty good, I'll admit that. But let's not forget, and also you made an excellent point, they were put in some almost undefendable situations uh, by by some decisions. Because uh, once game. it got to so, twenty-one nothing, it was over, man. It was done. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. But here's my point about the defense. Early in the third quarter, that was a thirty-five to nothing game. Okay, and that changes things. It gets back to the to having a feel and a vibe yeah. for what you're watching before your eyes. Yeah, it changed Alabama's offense where they never forgot this is Ole Miss we're playing. They can score points in droves. But they started working on the clock at the 35 nothing point. It wasn't necessarily about, hey, let's go out there and strike in four plays and it's score. It's about possessions at that more, point. It was about possessions yeah. and draining the clock. So, you know, before – but I'm just saying, before you bake that cake, that cake for the defense, remember that that it was 35 nothing very early. Matter of fact, after the opening drive of the third quarter, it was 35 nothing. And I think that that touchdown shifted the paradigm for Alabama where they were less concerned about points and yardage as they were about let's end this thing because that is the Ole Miss offense, and we still respect their ability to score points quickly. Yeah, that's a really good point. But as far as Phil – I do agree. Unlike in baseball, when I do not believe at all in the eye test or all that kind of stuff, I believe in the math. With football, and it's probably just a jaded or skewed view here, I grant you that, has nothing to do with anything. I'm not saying I'm an expert at all, but I do understand or sympathize with the fan or the media person who looks at going forward in your own territory and thinking that is a dumb move against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. I do get that. Even though the math says it's the correct call, If it doesn't go well, well, what happens? You're going to get blown out. There's no real in-between there. If you completely lean into analytics and the math and it doesn't work, it's either going to be a success and you upset them and you win, or you're going to get your ass kicked. There's no, oh, nice, fun game. Ole Miss loses 42 to 35 with the last second. No, that's not how it happens. 
because you're going to give Alabama the ball yeah. in your territory. If I were the head coach approaching the of a red college zone. football team, I'd go for it every time. I would. I mean, uh, you know, within reason. That. Sure, within reason. Now, I might not have went for fourth and one on my own, inside my own thirty yard line against Alabama, down two touchdowns early in the game. Um, but in defense of Kiffin, that's been. what's worked more often than not. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Yeah. yeah. I do get that, though. I do get it. Yeah, well, anyway, you know, we're not, we're not saying one's right and one's wrong, vice versa. I mean, we're just talking about it. Yeah. You know, that's uh, – and, and it's worth talking about. Uh, but I would tell you this. I'd rather have a coach playing to win at all times than not. Because at the end and of the day, a loss is a time. loss is a loss. It doesn't matter if it's a blowout or if it's a three-point close loss. A loss is a loss. Yeah, and we've seen, I think we have, games in the past here at Ole Miss where, you know, somebody's glanced up at the scoreboard. and wasn't just one guy. There have been multiple guys and have been like, oh, <laughs> let's, let's try to keep this where it is. And, and at that point, you're not trying to win anymore. You're trying to make it look better. And, uh, man, you should never play to make it look better. So, uh, you know, as far as, as, as me, as Joe fan, uh, you go, Lane. That's yeah, where I'm go for it, Joe man. Fan. And throw the mic and do the popcorn thing. I'm for it. That's who he is. That's what you buy into. That's what well, you love. That's what you have. That's what you, that's that's right. what you love. That's what you – I mean, that's well, part of the whole honest, experience. It's not going to go well yeah, every time. That's why you were ranked 12th in the country yeah. on national television primetime slot – uh, and people were talking about your football program. That's right. That's right. Bottom line. And, you know, we have sat here and, and seen people uh, make an appeal, Lane included, Keith Carter included, for the vault to be sold out Saturday. I'm going to be very disappointed if it's not. A lot of the end's going to be hard, it. though. It might be hard. That's going to be hard. I mean, I mean just, just get it done. Get it done for the for the school team. Um, you know, that the the crowd could play a factor. 
I mean, I know there was a message board thread uh, last week about ranking environments and atmospheres at SEC stadiums. Okay. Ben, you and I have been in most of them. Um, and, you know, everybody was kind of settled in on Ole Miss being 11th, 12th in the in the uh, conference in terms of right. game day atmosphere. Yeah, it's about right. And that's nobody's fault. That's not Keith Carter's fault. Vanderbilt's last. I mean, I, I sat there. Vanderbilt, I think Ole Miss is better than Missouri. And I think – and I've been to a couple of games up at Kentucky. Um and it's better up there now that Kroger got involved in the renovations. And they're, they're five winning. and zero. Oh. Um, the Fighting Jacquez Joneses yeah. are five and zero. Oh. And knocked off Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I think it's debatable whether Lexington or Oxford has the best env- environment or atmosphere. And um, that's about it, guys. I mean, Ben, you tell me if you. I, I mean, I, I hate to say this. I literally the hate state to say have this. a better atmosphere. Yeah, with the cowbells and and yeah, yeah. I mean, it is loud inside Davis Wade State. Well, it's easy Whether to be it's loud. Done or That's not. what I'm saying. It's easy to be loud when it's artificially enhanced. If you gave every well, Ole Miss fan a blowhorn, Rebel Clappers or something. Yeah, Rebel Clappers. I like that. Rebel Clappers. Bring your own blowhorn. Screw it. <laughs> you know. Come on. Or what's those things? I mean, uh, I mean, what were know, they using during the soccer that was so annoying? God, what was it? Like the they sounded like like these kazoo things. Oh, you remember yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Get those things. Yeah. By the way, soccer soccer knocked off Florida for a big win on Sunday. But oh, that's uh, nice. Anyway, we won't talk about that. So, um, okay. So yeah. Right. yeah, I mean there are issues there. There are there are real issues in terms of environment. I mean, look, man, I remember being on the sidelines. You know, they take the media down to the sidelines the last five minutes of the game uh, at Auburn a couple of years ago in a very tight game. Ole Miss had the ball with a chance to win. I couldn't hear myself talk. I couldn't hear my own voice. It was so loud and boisterous in there. Never heard the vault that way. Now, it's been loud before. I don't know. Now, LSU in 2003 and Ole Miss, Alabama 2014 – I've heard the vault. It at was its as peak. loud yeah. as it, it. It was as loud as it could be. But how do you I kind agree. of bottle I that up and make that an every Saturday occurrence? I don't think that's kind of impossible. That's a special circumstance know. thing. I, isn't I, it? I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you get. Yeah, that. I mean, I mean, I mean, juice. I guess. I mean, the kind of juice you get out there in the grove, and uh, you know, just the excitement of your football team. I mean, is I some of that, it, though, uh, a little bit was, about the stadium itself and just the acoustics of it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. You know, if they ever put an upper deck on the north end zone, like which is down at the south end zone, I think that would do an incredible job of kind of coupling that noise inside the bowl. Um you know, and I'm no acoustics guy. I don't know why I said that. I just think. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm asking the question because acoustically it feels like sometimes the loud nature of the stadium disappears because of how it's built or it's four different stadiums. All kind of hodgepodge and pushed together. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of disappears. The yeah. music sounds weird sometimes. I think at the end of the day, we talk all, all about Vaught Hemingway Stadium and what they could potentially do to it. And I keep looking at the tad pad, and I wonder to myself, I know it's going to cost millions to tear it down, and they use it for graduation stuff. 
But if they're keeping the tad pad for one reason and one reason only, the real reason to hold the real estate. They can't afford to tear it down. I know they no, can't afford no, to tear it down, no, but really, to, to hold the real estate. Just, just the, hold on, come on, let me, let me conspiratorially go through this. Holding the real estate for when they finally just bite the bullet and say we have to build a new stadium. Yeah, it would be great. And, you know, the immediate plans for the destruction of the Tad Pad, as I mentioned. And I, and I think we reported this after I talked to Glenn Boyce uh, earlier this year. Is it's off the table. It's just nowhere in the planning right now, simply because uh, the, the asbestos removal, number yeah. one, yeah. Well, is just out, out of this world. And, um, <laughs> you know, so. Only you know, an old Miss with the Tad open. Pad. The asbestos, yeah. we cost so much money. We can't tear down the yeah. eyesore, the spaceship, because the asbestos would cost millions. Oh, I'm getting a laugh out of that. Something. Oh, that's Monday yeah. morning. I'm yeah. feeling kind of yeah. foggy, and that just and made know, me laugh. That won't be a They've always bit. said they would turn that into another grove-type area. That's what I'm saying. That's why you hold people. the real estate, David. You hold the real estate by not tearing it down, giving all these excuses, because you know if you tear it down now, it's going to become a parking garage or just an extension of the grove. Instead, you keep it there. You use it for graduation and stuff. You keep getting these assessments about Vault Hemingway Stadium, and every single contractor is going to say the same thing. Well, we can keep painting lipstick on a pig here or build a new stadium. So once you finally decide, damn it, we got to do it. Tear down the tad pad, and that's where it goes. You have a place to play while it's being constructed, and then you move over. Then you can knock it all down and have a nice grove, whatever, in between the pavilion and the new constructed Vault Hemingway Stadium. Amongst the yeah, trees, you don't the beauty. Want to get caught like like the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, and uh, they're uh, so so they're having to play on their practice field this year. So they moved in aluminum bleachers. Yeah, look, listen, Aloha Stadium was condemned where they used to play the Pro Bowl, oh. where the Rainbow Warriors played their When did that games. happen? Yeah, it has been condemned. When did that so happen? Without, over, over the offseason. It got yeah. condemned? Yeah, it's condemned. How so did the Tad Pad never get games. condemned? I don't know. I don't know, but Aloha Stadium did. So what an upset. What an upset for the Tad Pad. Way to come through. Yeah, how about that? So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then I watched uh, New Mexico State and San Jose State uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and there is no visiting side to the San Jose State Stadium. Nothing over there but uh, bulldozers and cranes and stuff like that. As uh, you know, they're uh, they're 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 rebuilding theirs a piece at a time. So that they can still play there, but you made an excellent point. If they ever make, if they ever decide to do a new football stadium. Dad Pat, you got one to play in while they're uh, while they're building it. If you Dad put Pat. it over at the asbestos power, <laughs> we're cleaning out the asbestos. Hey, I remember going to Ole Miss games with cranes and bulldozers in the end zones. So it's yeah. not like Ole Miss hasn't been through that before. I just don't know how you make that stadium whole. Fought Hemingway Stadium, make it look universally the same. Well, there's it was no a way bad at this decision point. to put the little upper deck on the uh, visiting side of the stadium. That thing has always just looked incomplete. It looks like a hangnail you know? on the stadium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I know there's a lot of history there, but man, you know, it, it may be time. We're not kicking off a campaign here. Because they're about to pour in 
millions more into the vault. Uh, so where where are you going to pour it into that makes a discernible well, difference? I don't think anybody knows exactly exactly where and how. But I will tell you, uh, I know at one point part of it was the press box side of the stadium. If a lot of Ole Miss fans have been to Texas to watch a game, and you know when you walk into the stadium at Texas underneath, you're indoors, air-conditioned, uh, nice marble floors, a lot like Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium. But not as nice. But, well, you're not going to get but, that at Ole Miss. Come on. Yeah. I, well, I'm just – no, no, no. That's part of the – what they're thinking about is how to – to use the underneath no. side of the west side of the stadium in a premium purpose. Um, so you're looking at some, you know, what I would think to be rooms, areas that are going to be constructed underneath the west side of the stadium. No. Uh, yeah. Tear mm-hmm. down Asbestos Palace, build a 52,000-seat stadium, make a ticket hard to get, state-of-the-art, do all that other stuff. Anytime we refer to the Tampak and we start calling it the asbestos pack. Yeah. And the home of many oh, a raccoon, many a squirrel. <laughs> many John Calipari telling like that story. Stripper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <yeah. laughs> but, uh, many a raccoon. Many a raccoon. But John yeah. Calipari told the story that he was doing a press conference and a squirrel just ran through the press conference. I mean, the Tadpad. It had to stop a game because of a roof leak, man. I remember that. And yet, it never got condemned. (sighs) They're holding the real estate. Okay, I'm not a person that buys into conspiracy stuff. I just don't do it. But when it comes to the Tad Pad, I'm telling you, they're holding the real estate. They don't want to turn it into a parking garage. They don't want to turn it into an extension grove. What are you doing Friday night? I have no idea. I don't know what I'm doing later this afternoon. (laughs) I hear many a raccoon is, is going to be at the asbestos palace if you want to go. Oh, right into that. We're all just walking <laughs> right into it. Okay, last thing about the AP polls. Seven SEC teams. Florida is number 20 at 3-2. and two. For the first time in many years, Clemson is unranked. Thank God. Anyway. Yeah, really. Auburn is 18 at 4 and 1. Ole Miss is 17 at 3 and 1. Kentucky 5 and 0, number 16. Arkansas number 13, falling from number 8 after the blowout loss to Georgia 4 and 1. Then it's Alabama and Georgia 1 and 2. Is Alabama and Georgia and everybody else kind of where we're at right now? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Alabama, Georgia, and like I said, I would put Ole Miss in that third slot. Uh still. I mean, I yeah. I, I really and truly would. Um Alabama and Georgia certainly look like the class of the league right now. Um, well, they don't have an asbestos palace with many a raccoon. That's true. That's true. That's Friday night, one time only. Um, <laughs> one time only. Come check out all the raccoons. No, because that's oh, all you're going to need with many a raccoon. Many a raccoon. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Uh, anyway, um, hey, that's about all I got on a Monday morning. Oh, man. The opening over-under on the game slightly varies uh, depending on your service of choice. 68.5 point, 5 points, or 64 points. So it's going to be a high-scoring game. That's kind of what everybody's predicting. But that's what we thought was going to happen at Alabama. We didn't expect – see, that's the thing. We didn't expect Ole Miss offensively to be over for a half. No. No, you didn't. So yeah. that's what completely surprised everybody, but it had to do with decision-making and stuff like that. So is that just more of 
Ole Miss had a bad day offensively, or or there warning signals I, here, I, red flags. I, here. I think it was no. I think it was a bad day. It was matchup huh. issues. It was playing against the best team in the country. Uh, it was that stage, uh, you know. And Lane, Lane's a smart guy. You know, he brought that up a couple of times last week, unsolicited. You know, as one of his concerns. Hey, you know, we haven't played on a stage like this in two years, mm-hmm. you know, where there are going to be a hundred thousand people. We're going to be the enemy. Um, you know, to his credit, he did. He brought that up without anybody asking him about it. You know, he made that point. To I like that everyone. about him, man. As much as yeah. he talks shit and does his bravado, he is quick to point out when things go bad and call it what it is. There's no coach. There is during the week. During the practice week, there's all coach speak. But when it comes time to it's nut cutting time, you gotta say what you gotta say, you gotta be honest. He's not one to shy away from anything. He'll say what's needs to be what well, needs to be said. That's why I enjoy covering him exactly what you just said, because you know, as well as I know, that there have been guys here before who like to control what the media say. And um Lane Lane doesn't give a crap. <laughs> you freeze. <laughs> God, he I doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care what you ask him, and he's going to answer you. He does you know, not care. You can ask him anything. Yeah, he don't care. He really doesn't care. I mean, I mean, he's he's been lampooned by Tosh Point before or whatever. So, you know. Well, so is Stingray. A hey, shout out to Stingray, but so is Stingray. That's not really a big time accomplishment or something. Come on, to be on Tosh Point but I agree with you. Well, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you know, that is a refreshing aspect for a head football coach at the University of Mississippi. All right, it, it just is. Okay, okay. I mean, even even I'm not going to call any names. I'm going to shut up. But uh, but that is a refreshing uh, thing. One that will take me. your question, not brush it off, look you in the eye, not give you coach speak. Just say, "Well, we sucked," or "Yeah." I like that. I love that about yeah, that, and, dude. And you can write a story about an innocuous three-star wide receiver and put quotes in there that the kid said, and you not get a phone call five minutes later, <laughs> you know, going, man, we, we're not recruiting any more receivers. Well, you just offered him. Yeah, we offered him, but we're telling our guy he's going to be a tight end. And I was like, well, if you told him because he thinks he's going to be a receiver. I mean – you know, so there, there's good and bad with everything. Dirty games, really man. The dirty games, yeah, no, man. No bad with Lane because he don't care. He and, and, care. and, you know, that's refreshing. That's refreshing. I've seen a head coach here before back a reporter in the corner and basically just tell him he wasn't worth a crowd. And also called – you know who I'm talking about. And he called him out as a podium, you know, every, every third press conference over something he wrote. And uh, I felt bad for the poor guy. I thought it was unprofessional conduct on the part of the coach. But Ed Orgeron trapped Chuck in a closet, and Chuck feared for his life. That happened. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that story. Yeah. Go, yeah. snakes in my head, Joe. So, snakes in my head. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do a recruit check. Don't <laughs> sound so excited. Brought to you by B&A Bank and Modern Woodman. 
BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. Check it. Check it. Recruit check. If you couldn't tell by David's reaction, he's really excited about doing a recruit check on this Monday morning, this rambling Monday morning that I've actually really enjoyed. I was dreading this yesterday. I was thinking, what are we going to talk about in the morning? But here we are. We're almost done with this thing. Well, here's the deal. You know what's on everybody's mind. Arch Manning's visit. Yes, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, but he wasn't dressed in Alabama gear. He wasn't dressed in Alabama gear. Yeah, he was. He was in green, um, which is the color of Newman High School. But anyway, but wait, uh, was it a green? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I want to look, man. Here's the deal. We know nothing more about Arch Manning today than we did Saturday. Correct. He was inside Bryant Denny Stadium, And, and. you know, he's the kids taking visits. All right. I don't think they, they know what he's going to do. I mean, I don't think they're, 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 they're not after headlines. I promise you that, you know, and, um, you know, there's a part of me that's just like, you know, let him go take his visits. And, and honestly, who really cares at this point, you know, I mean, How I think he's gonna dare you, David. Time. What's that? How dare you? Yeah, well, just just being honest. I mean, you know, don't get upset over these visits, man. Don't. I mean, it is what it is. That's what Lane says all the time. I want to reinforce and, uh, something, though, something that you tr- just talk about constantly, and that's one game does not a recruitment make. One game result does not a recruitment make. And Arch being in nope. attendance for Ole Miss playing like crap on Saturday and losing to Alabama – is not going to be any way, in any form, any shape or form, a deciding factor in whether or not he ends up at Ole Miss or considers Ole Miss as a top three option. That has nothing to do with it. Yeah. It will not matter. That game not at all. does not matter. And the same can be said when he's here for the LSU game later this year and they're retiring Eli's jersey and number. You but know, will he be wearing Ole Miss gear, David? Yeah, I think he will that night. But, uh, 
<sighs> you know, <sighs> he um, I was worried. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. I mean, we're we're you know, start start worrying about Arch Manning. Start fretting over Arch Manning if you're going to do it. Probably late February. No, that's know? already started happening. No. no. No what? The fretting has started. Yeah, uh, yeah. can't stop I mean, that train, you buddy. Fret right now, <laughs> you can't don't stop that right train. Now. That's not stopping. That's not slowing down. Come on, don't fret right now. There's a lot of water left to go into the bridge. I mean, you know. I mean, just got to see what where we're where we're all at next spring. Where are we, you know? do you think? Where do you really think we are? If somebody who has not followed it at all asked you on this Monday morning after losing Alabama, maybe you're in the grocery store, and somebody goes, oh, David, love your stuff, man. What's going on with Arch? What are you telling that person? Yeah, he's figuring things out right now. Oh, I think God, Ole Miss boring. is in the running, Okay, obviously. All right. uh, but I think some other schools are in the running as well. And I don't think there's been a decision made the mannings aren't aren't traveling around on saturday afternoons just to see cool football games he's 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 soaking it all in and um you know i think it's his i know it's his decision and um you know cooper is letting him do his thing now yeah yeah and i i don't think uh you know there's going to be any undue influence from his dad or from either one of his uncles about where he plays, they're going to give him great advice, but that decision has to be his. I mean, certainly, you know, why would you not think it's his? I mean, Peyton didn't come to Ole Miss, right? Peyton went. To my Tennessee. dad still that has not his. gotten over that. It's 2021, yeah. and my dad—that's the craziest thing in the world to me. I still talk about this. Eli, one of the greatest quarterbacks, undoubtedly, in Ole Miss football history was a two-time Super Bowl winner, a two-time Super Bowl MVP. I have been to two Super Bowls. Do you think either one of them was to go watch Eli? No. It was when Peyton went to the Super Bowl. Because my dad loved Peyton. My dad loved Peyton. That's what I'm getting at. The obsession with Peyton, the one that got away. Not the one that you got. Love the one you're with. No. Peyton. It's crazy. Yeah, there's something to that monarchy hierarchy stuff, right? The firstborn, you know, the prodigal son. Yes. And, you know, and, and boy, excuse me, um, I've got a funny story I can tell you one time that's not fit for the podcast. About oh, man. Peyton Manning High School highlights. Can't tell it on here, man. Dang it. I just cannot. Okay. Cannot. Not that, not that it's just. It's, it's just not moral. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, intrigue. It's, it's funny though. It's intrigue. Funny. I had a, I had a buddy of mine in Cleveland and Peyton's coach, Raginelli down at Newman. It's originally from Shaw, Mississippi. And that still had a lot of family there. So got my hands on a VHS tape of Peyton Manning's high school highlights. Okay. I never forget the music behind it was uh dire straits walk of life. And, um, oh, nice choice. That's good. Yeah, but but anyway, that's where the story has to stop. Has to stop right there. What a tease! Yeah, but it was uh, it was pretty fun. 
We don't know. We don't know if it's fun or not. We just got to take your word for it. That sucks. I'm going to tell you when we get off the air. But Dang I can't it. tell this story publicly. I tried, I people. Can't. I tried. I tried. I tried to pull it out of him. He wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, listen, there was yeah. another visitor not named Arch Manning of importance for Ole Miss's recruiting efforts in yeah. attendance for Jaheim Alabama Otis. and Ole Miss. Jaheim yeah. Otis. Yeah. The Ben Garrett guy for 2022. We deemed Jaheim Otis, I think, in the summer as Ben Garrett's guy to follow in 2022. So update me on my guy, Jaheim Otis. You know, Jacquez Jones was your guy one day, too. Was he? Yeah. Oh, God, you were crazy about Jacquez Jones. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Good. Good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, my guy Cedric Johnson has started every game, got his first sack on Saturday. Doing okay. I'm recovering. All right. I'm doing all, all right. right. All so, right. Jaheim Otis. Right. Yep. I think um, – well, let me tell you this. I know Ole Miss feels good. Okay. I'm not going to say overly confident because it is Alabama that he's committed to. And, by the way, Jaheim Otis is just monster mountain of a man. He's an instant impact tackle. guy. Yeah, at Columbia, Mississippi High School, same place Kentrell Bullock came from. And um, he, he's six foot four, every bit of it, and 370 pounds. 370 pounds. That is a large man. Good on him. That's large. Yeah, and he, he moves like a mountain lion, okay? Uh, so th- this is what's at stake here. You remember that kid uh, Alabama had years ago, Mount Cody? Mount Cody, yeah. That, Played at Mississippi Gulf Coast yeah. and then had the big famous block, I think, on a Tennessee field. Did goal. Ole Miss ever come close on Mount Cody? I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. But here's the deal. He he's a lot like Mount Cody, but he's faster. He's quicker. He's more athletic. Uh-oh. That's Uh-oh. what you're getting with Jaheim Otis. And uh he will be here taking his official visit for the LSU game. So Arch Manning and he both will be in the stadium that night. And, um, you know, Jaheim, I think, is going to take this down to the wire. I think it's going to be one of those guys where, like, we're going to know if Jaheim made it McDonald's or Wendy's the <laughs> night before the early national signing day. It's With be Arch, it's going to be about his breakfast, his lunch, his dinner, his brunch, what he had for snack, what was he wearing during his snack. But with Jaheim, it's just what he had for dinner. Okay. Just just checking on the uh, – Standard here, the standard of the eating practices. That's in-depth coverage if we yes. can tell you what you right. ate for dinner the yes. night before early Sunday. Yeah, then you'll know. Then you'll know. You'll really know what he so, was wearing as he ate. Uh, yeah, but those two guys, uh, you know, big pieces. I mean, one's in the 22 class. Jaheim Arch, of course, is in the 23 class. But, you know, if Arch is coming to Ole Miss, you want him to commit as early as possible because there is going to be a star study class built around him. There's no doubt. I mean, it, it's, it's going to happen. Now, <clears throat> you know, your quarterback recruiting for a few years after he comes here probably won't be great because, you know, you'll be recruiting guys to come in and play behind him. He's an unbelievable talent. That's what we don't talk enough about when we talk about Arch Manning. I mean, it, it's just, how incredible it is that this family, this Manning family, keeps uh, dropping dimes, uh, you know, when it comes to quarterbacks. I mean, this guy is, uh, you know, I'm sure there are fans out there who are charting all the Manning children, you know. Oh, <laughs> I mean, God. It's kind of creepy. Oh, but, uh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, so we'll see. But I mean, you know, you're talking about three generations of of unbelievable quarterback talent in that family. That's that's crazy. And you know, makes you wonder. You know, society's a lot different now. You know, what would have uh, what would Archie's dad been like as a quarterback, or what would his granddad have been like as a quarterback? You know. Uh, surprise somebody hasn't got on Ancestry.com yet and track back photos and everything go, well, Archie's great-granddad was 6'6", 210 pounds. He would have been an unbelievable quarterback. But uh, that's probably coming from someone. All right. What quarterback targets should people be paying attention to for this class? Minio Raccoon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just end it on that. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Justin Martin, I think is going to UCLA. So uh, kind of a reset right there. We really thought he was uh, very, very close to deciding he was going to play his college football here in Mississippi. But uh, the latest trend, latest vibe is he's going to stay out in California and play at UCLA. So we'll see what happens with that. Remember he was the guy two weeks ago, Lane Kiffin took a Friday, flew out there and watched him play a high school game out in LA. All right. That's not the only quarterback they're in on, though. Oh, no, no, no. They're in a whole bunch. You better be. You always better be. Like Devin Brown. I think they got some momentum with Devin Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Quarterback out of California. Had momentum with Justin Utah. Martin a couple of weeks ago, too. So, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. Quarterback is such a funny, funny position, man, when it comes to recruiting. I mean, I mean, you know the guy you want. You, you always don't get the guy you want, and then you got to reorder everybody else and figure out who you want from the rest of the pack. This has been a rambling talk of champions on this Monday morning, as it should be. We'll be back tomorrow, then Wednesday, then Thursday. Got guests lined up. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. We're available wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. We both write for the Oma Spirit, omspirit.com, and a food of 247 Sports. I'll see you tomorrow, man. Yeah, y'all, y'all be sure to check out Mini O Raccoon <laughs> playing Friday night at the Asbestos Palace on the Ole Miss campus. Never living that down. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.